Um, when pastor asked me to do this, I thought, what? But then I thought, you know what, pray about it. And the Lord said, just do it. I'll be there with you. So whatever happens, whatever comes out, Lord, I just say, just give me the words to speak. Um, I had one message ready at the very beginning, but then God did something and showed me something that I was supposed to do. And sometimes that's how it goes. You have one plan, but God has another. So the title of my message today is, We Didn't Feed Your Garden. I know it's like sort of a quirky little title, but... What? Oh, I'm sorry. Children can be dismissed for children's church. Didn't have that written in my notes. Okay, now we're good to go. Okay, the first scripture I want to look at is John chapter 15, verse 9 through 11. This is uh, the NIV version. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey his commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. I was thinking about joy and Sometimes we get so distracted with things in life and with all the things going on in the world and in our lives, we tend to lose that joy. And I know it happens to me, it happens to all of us at one time or another, I'm sure. Sometimes it's due to circumstances or trials that we're going through and other times I think that it's just one of those things that wanes as time goes by. I'm talking today about the joy of the Lord, though. There's a difference between joy that makes us, things that are making us happy and joyful, but the real lasting joy is the joy that we find in Christ. The word joy means to delight in and rejoice. And if you think about it, the word joy is in the Galatians where it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Joy is one of them. I think that the real joy that we have when we know Christ is the one that transcends all kind of circumstances, whether it's a high period in our life or a low period in our life. So I was thinking about joy, and I thought, have you ever had this feeling yourself? Because this is what I have thought to myself. What, why am I not feeling joy? Why don't I have that joy anymore? There's sometimes you just get to that point where you feel dry, Things are just blah. Nothing seems to get you feeling good about things. And remember that excitement and joy when you first accepted Christ and how you were so excited to know that God loves me. And whether you've been saved for a long time or as a young child, I don't know about your story, but in my situation, I've had time to go out and experience things that, that I felt like, okay, I'm not good enough to come to God's love. So, But when I really understood God's love and accepted him as my Savior, I had real joy. And that's the kind of joy that we need to keep relying on and remembering. So little by little, I'm, as time goes by, we can all experience those times. And that's where I got about 
examining ourselves, thinking, well, there's those times when we get away from slowly, slowly, we get away from spending time with the Lord, slowly, slowly, we quit reading and praying, then eventually our hunger goes like we don't hunger for God anymore. It's like, okay, you don't feel like being with other believers. You just sort of want to withdraw and go to your own little place. And then other times you feel condemned or depressed or like you're unworthy. Like, I don't even want to go to church because I don't feel like I've been a good Christian this week. It's just like being a hypocrite. Why should I go? These are all these things. Or even you're burned out. If you're burned out doing the right things, ministry, you could be involved in doing things that are right for the Lord. But you're doing it and doing it and doing it, but you're not experiencing joy. That's the kind of thing that I want to talk about today. <clears throat> so the next scripture I want to go to is Proverbs 4.23. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart. Now that's where I come to the title of my Weed and Feed Your Garden. I believe that the garden is our heart. And I was outside, and I'm not a good gardener like Pastor. I'm, he has beautiful flowers. I'm not, I'm not talking, I, but I was out in my little patch of flowers one day, which is very few. And I realized, wow, this is really overrun with these weeds. And I'll tell you what happened. A long time ago, when I, I actually planted these little so-called flowers that I thought were so cute. Well, guess what? Now they're my weeds because they spindle like a little spiral over everything it touches. It'll even go up my light pole and it'll go spreads everywhere. And you know what? I put that flower there thinking it was a nice little flower. But now I realize that was not the thing to put in there. So sometimes we want to guard our heart. And if our, our heart is our garden, we have to re really be careful about those weeds that come into our garden whether we think they're good or whether they're, they're just there. And some of these weeds that we have are, I come up with some of these weeds that we allow in our garden. The first weed, I think, is doubt. You may be thinking, well, I don't think God's going to ever answer this prayer. This is too hard for him. He may be answering everyone else's prayers, but... I don't know about this one. Or, I don't know if I can do with this another thing. If one more thing gets put on my plate, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't take it. I don't think God's going to get me through this one. I just can't do it. Well, guess what? We can't do it. God can do it. Or maybe we're just thinking, well, those miracles and those things were for the Bible times. They're not for today. You start doubting God's word and what it says in there and what he says about himself or we start doubting what he says about us in his word. Another weed is a weed of discontentment. Well, I'm discontent, meaning you're just not really happy enough. Well, if I get that new job or if we get that house or we get married or I find the right person, that's going to give me joy. I'm going to be so joyful. Everything's going to be great. Those are just all empty promises. The real joy is knowing that we are content with whatever God blesses us with. 
He blesses us with everything we can imagine. If you start thinking of what he blesses us with, it's amazing. We're able to breathe. We're able to walk. We're able to come here without being persecuted. There's so many things to be thankful for. But we can get into that discontentment if we're not careful. Another thing that I think is a weed is works of the flesh. Did you ever say to yourself, I can't believe I'm still doing this. I thought I overcame this. I've been trying and trying and trying. I thought I was past this kind of thing. When you're doing stuff that you think, why did I do that? I can't. And we're trying so hard to be good. We're trying to be the good Christian that we are to be. But you know what? Zechariah 4.6 says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. To me, that says that only God's power through his spirit can change things. And I don't know about you, but when you try to change things on your own, you really get worn out, you get tired, you get discouraged. And then all those other things with the doubt piled on top of it starts to take hold. Pretty soon your garden's starting to diminish again. <laughs> the other thing is another weed. We have a lot of weeds here, but don't worry, we're going to have some solutions to feed. We have the, a weed of anger and unforgiveness. Sometimes we're, we're angry what other people have done to us, we're hurt, we're wounded, and other times. We don't forgive ourselves because we all make mistakes. We all slip up. We all mess up. And we put that expectation even on ourselves, and we get mad when we don't pull through and we're, we think we're a failure. But that's not true. That's another weed. That's a lie. God's always working on us, so we have to be careful to realize that he's merciful with us so we need to be merciful and forgiving for other people who hurt us. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. But sometimes we want to justify why we're angry. Well, if you knew what they did to me, then you'd understand why I'm still mad. Well, I'm not going to forgive them. I don't care. But God says to forgive. And it's not easy. But where am I? I'm forgiven, I'm undeserving, and I'm here, and God loves me, and he forgave me. So when we remember that, the next time we choose not to forgive, remember how God forgave us and what Jesus did for us. And of course we've got, this is one of my favorites because I deal with this, and I'm sure many of you do, well, the approval of others. Well, when we start getting distracted and wanting to be approved and accepted by other people, then we start allowing that to be our main focus. And we're not focusing on what pleases God and his approval is more important. So we don't want to be rejected. Who of us does? I don't like rejection. I want everyone to like me. And I want everyone to agree with what I'm doing and say, oh, that's great. But sometimes even when 
God's telling you to do something and you know in your heart that this is what you need to do or he's calling you to do something. And you get all excited and think, oh, this is great. God's showing me that I'm supposed to do this and I'm, gonna, I'm really excited. I'm on fire. And then someone that you know, says, you tell them all about it and they say, you're going to do what? You don't think you can do that, kid, yeah? Well, you don't even have the education to do that. Or, oh, okay, I guess so, if you think so. All of a sudden, that you're, you're worried about what they're thinking instead of what God's telling you to do. So if we start worrying about what God or other people are trying to tell us, it might be the enemy speaking through them. Try to foil the plans of God. But that fear of rejection is a strong thing because you're living in expectations of other people instead of just wanting to live for the Lord. And he's not one up there with this iron fist saying, if you don't do it right, I'm going to be mad at you. Or, you know, you've got to do it my way. He's allowing us with free choice to do things willingly out of a willing heart. And once we learn the how God's character is and that he loves us, we're going to be more concerned about what God thinks, not what other people think. And then, of course, there is sin and disobedience. I'm talking about we all sin. It's not about, okay, we sin, we all do. Every moment we're sinning somehow, sometime. But I'm talking about deliberate sin, sin that is deliberate and unrepentant, because if we don't come to the Lord and repent of these things and continue to do it in defiance to God, that's when that weed starts coming in, and it's going to ruin our relationship with the Lord. It's going to take away from our, our fellowship with the Lord. And then you're wondering, what, what's wrong? I feel like my prayers aren't even getting past the ceiling when I talk to them. It's because there's that unrepenting the, uns, the sin that you have not repented of. And it, all it is is God wants us to repent so that we can be free from that sin and walk in freedom and fellowship. It's for our good, not because he wants to make us feel bad and condemn us, which leads me to the last one, self-condemnation. Self-condemnation is when we live in the past mistakes over and over, we can't get past it, and it just starts choking out all of our joy. And you know what, I, I think that we continue to doubt where God's grace is if we keep condemning ourselves because whatever we did in the past, that's yesterday, that's done, that's gone. We need to live for today. This is today. This is the day the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. His mercies are new every morning. Okay, so now these are all the weeds that I thought of. And if we're not careful to weed out those weeds, we'll be in big trouble, and then we're going to wonder, how did I get here? Why am I feeling this way? Well, we can weed and feed our garden by our thoughts. In 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we'll go there. It says, we demolish the arguments and every pretensions that set itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is one of those things where we have to all the time be on our guard and be careful. 
Every thought that comes into our mind is not of God. So in order to weed those negative thoughts out of our garden, we've got to be careful when they first come into our thoughts because whatever goes in our heart, which is our garden, a lot of times comes through here first, our head and our thoughts. And there is a battle going on in our mind. So every time there's this negative thing coming into my head, or a thought, I weigh it out. Is that what God would say? I call it the five-second rule. That's my motto for me. I think about, wait a minute, that's not of God. That's from the enemy. Down, cast it down. Because we have to fight that warfare that goes in on our mind with the battlefield in our thoughts and take it captive to what does God say about us? Is, is it lining up with what God says about us? If it's not, then cast it down, take it captive, and replace it with what is true, which is the next scripture, which Pastor talked about last week, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, and whatever is admirable, anything excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. So, once we realize that's not of God, cast it down, we've got to replace that with what is lovely, what is pure, what is true. What is true about what God says? And we need to meditate on those things. The word meditate means to ponder upon, think upon deeply, stir it over and over again. So, in order to take these negative thoughts out of the garden. We've got to meditate on the word of God and we've got to meditate on what is true and lovely and pure and praiseworthy, all those things. The, the weeds are lies and wrong mindsets and we could even have mindsets that we've been taught over time. They're formed from way back when we were little and that doesn't mean, like we have a mindset that we have, this is the way things are. But if we look at it, a lot of these things were handed down to us or taught to us or formed in our mind and perceived as being right. They may not necessarily be truth. They may be lies. So that's where we've got to figure out by reading God's word and knowing him. And it's a journey. We learn more and more about ourselves and of God every day as we look into his word. So... We need to meditate on what is good because that's what's going to sink into our, come from our thoughts and plant that seed of positive things into our heart to feed our garden. We need to feed it with the word, feed it with meditation on it and prayer and praising and coming to gather with the saints. Those are all things that are going to feed our garden. With the word of God into your heart, not just by your head, but let it sink in. Believe in it. There's a lot of power in what you believe. So, because whatever we live shows what we believe. If we're living like this, I don't know. Things are just not good. It's showing that I am not trusting God. And we all do it. 
I do it. I mean, I'll be the first to admit. It's one thing to read, yes, this is this. But then when you have to face something, it's like, am I going to walk in the promises of God? Am I going to stay true to what the Word says? Am I going to keep walking in faith and continuing on and praise Him anyway? Paul and Silas were in the prison praising. I don't think I'd be... I mean, that's a rough thing to be doing with your feet in the stock, you know, the stock holds and with the dungeons of a jail they had then. But they were still praising the Lord. And I think a lot of people will see your testimony through how you're living because they actually can see your faith in actions and how you're living because it shows what you believe. Another thing that we can feed our garden now with is praise and thanksgiving. Daily recounting good things and all the blessings that God gives us. And I like to, sometimes you don't even know how to pray. You start like, okay, Lord, you're here with the Lord by yourself and you start, how do I start? You know what? By just starting listing all the good things he's done, all the blessings that he gives you. Then I start thinking, wow, that's right. You answered that prayer. Sometimes I even forget about the prayers that I had requested before and he did answer them it's like wow thank you lord you answered my prayer and i just totally it just you know set my mind so it's good to thank him for all those answered prayers and thanks give him thanksgiving and it's it starts stirring when you start bringing forth all the good things of god it starts stirring you up and then you start feeling really good. And then you start thinking, okay, there's power, there's power. I have that joy. I trust the Lord. Thank you, God, for what you've done. And when you talk with the Lord, prayer is another thing. Praise and thanksgiving, being in the Word, and another one is prayer. We should make prayer so hard, but sometimes we do. And it's just talking with God. You could be praying. A lot of times I'm praying driving down the road or in the shower, or just talking to him. That's what prayer is. It's just giving an attitude of gratitude back to him and and talking with the Lord. But you know what? We don't have to make it some big, fancy prayer in a certain way, and these are the steps to pray if you want that, and this is the steps of way to pray if you want this. It's just being real. God wants us to be real, because that's where our heart is. We want to open it up to him and be sincere. He knows our heart anyway. Just be honest with God. And another thing that we can feed our garden with and fertilize this garden with the good things is speak his praises and promises out loud. I'm a strong believer in the power of speaking things out loud. It's like speaking to dry bones and bringing them back to life in Ezekiel. You know, you could speak to those dry bones and you're back to life. Because when you hear it, it just does something. There's power in the word. The word goes forth. Just like God spoke things into existence, there's power in the word. I'm not saying we're going to speak the world into existence, but we can bring forth those promises and those beliefs out loud, and that can be a, a weapon against the enemy placing those negative thoughts in our lives. Our words will actually reveal what's going on in our heart. If you want to know what's going on in your heart and really know what's going on, take time to really think back and listen what you've, what you've said. <clears throat> Sometimes you'll be surprised because there's times when I'm thinking, why would I even say that? Not necessarily bad, but that's just showing what's really in my heart. Do you ever have an issue where you just have an explosion? 
And it's not about the dirty socks or the towel didn't get hung up. It's about underlying things that are really brewing on under you. And sometimes it just takes that one little thing that just exposes everything that's going on. And it's like, wow, where'd that come from? Something's going on here. But in Matthew uh, 15, 18, it even says that. It says, but the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. So that's a way to sort of judge, like, what am I believing? What am I thinking? What's in my heart, really? Well, you'll find out if you would. I think if we took a little tape recorder around with us every day, we'd be surprised about all we say. It'd be like, did I really say that? Yeah. But we've got to be careful. It's a scary thing. Sometimes we don't realize that there's things in our hearts that are unresolved. There's things in there that maybe we're not addressing or bringing to the Lord, or maybe we just refuse to deal with them right now. Weeding and feeding our garden isn't a one-time thing, because you know what, I'll admit I'm lazy with the gardening thing. <laughs> I took time to weed out all those spindly things off those flowers that I was doing that day. I thought, oh, that looks really nice. Well, like three, four weeks later, oh yeah, they're back again. Well, did I really think that they weren't going to come back after I did that? No, they're very uh, strong-willed weeds, let me tell you. So we've got to be careful that we have to maintain our garden. We have to weed out those negative things on a constant thing. We have to be aware of those things. And then we have to feed them with the positive things and the things that are from God. So when I think about joy, joy is a decision. It's how we're going to act and how we're going to respond when things are tough. Sometimes we don't respond the way we should, but maybe it's because we don't have that joy of the Lord keeping us going. That's the joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That's what the word says. So if he's, the, he's our strength, then he'll get us through it. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And he will go through all these things with us. Whatever's going on in your life, we know that he'll be with us. Our next scripture I want to bring into mind is John 16:33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus already told the disciples, he's telling us, we're going to have troubles in the world, but take heart because he's already overcome those things. Of the, he's conquered death. We have victory. Um, in 1 Corinthians, it even says that. In 1557, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I just want to challenge you to tend that garden of your heart. In Philippians 4, 4 through 7 is our last scripture. We'll read it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So we need to rejoice in him. What's our true joy coming from? Is it coming from things? 
success <clears throat> or what but we sh or we ha having real joy in our lives in Christ and realizing we have the victory so that is my challenge and what the Lord had showed me because I struggle with this and sometimes we just I am one for this I get a little bit lax on turning to God for strength instead of going to the Lord and praying about it or going to the Bible and seeing what he's going to encourage me with I start fretting or I start worrying or start thinking too much and then I start getting downcast it's like why am I downcast well what's going on in my heart is it being fed is it being overrun with the weeds of doubt and negativity because really we are supposed to be able to be set apart from the world everyone should see that joy in our lives and it should did you ever meet someone and you just know that they're a Christian they just have that countenance about them something's different and I've even had people go through horrible things but yet they're they're still joyful and that's that's the thing that I tried I am trying to keep mind of myself so we don't want to get distracted by the things of the world and all the things and the events on TV because that can bring you down. And then next thing you know, we're discouraged, depressed, and we're ready to just give it up. And so that's what I felt the Lord led me to share with you today. And I hope that something will just help you to keep your joy. And it's not by my words, but by his words that will help you get through them. Okay? Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, God, for your joy. And Lord, that you have given us so much to be joyful about. We have eternal life with you. We will be with you forever. Even if we go through trials and things on this earth and circumstances and hardships, Lord, we know that every tear will be wiped away. There will be no tear with, when we're with you, Lord. All things will be new. We just thank you for the opportunity to be yours. We're a child of you. We're in your family, Lord. You've adopted us. That's so much right there we're thankful for. Help us to always have an attitude of gratitude toward what you've done for us, Lord. And give us the strength that it's through your joy in knowing you and the confidence in knowing you that we can do all things, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I pray a blessing for each one here. And I pray for the victory to be in their lives, Lord, and that they would walk in that joy and victory, Lord. We thank you again for your word and for your love, Jesus. Amen.